Tifosi Napolitani to another edition of Far From Vesuvius. I'm your host, Rafa Rispo, and we are here for another episode of Frenemies. Yes, the return of Frenemies. Not too much luck lately <laughs> on the Frenemies search. Um, failed to get one for Legia Warsaw. Failed to get one for Bologna and for Salernitana. And that is unfortunate because I was really looking forward to speaking to somebody, especially about the Salernitana game. Uh, but we are back on track here with Verona uh, and a very nice gentleman by the name of Rick Hoff. Uh, he is the author of Notes from Verona. So uh, that is a. A very uh, interesting uh, podcast, actually, to say the least, because of the very publicized bad blood between the two fan bases um, from back in the 80s, where Verona fans uh, not um, considering anything south of Naples, Italy. Uh, And then, on the flip side, Napoli retaliating by calling... Uh, Giulietta Nezzocola. Um, <laughs> uh, we don't sling any insults here on this show. We make friends. And Rick was a very, uh, very good interview and with a lot of uh, cool insight into Verona and their red hot season, I should say, under Igor Tudor after firing Di Francesco. And um, he also shared with us how he became a Verona fan, how he moved over there and everything. So it's a really cool interview. Um, Let's get to it. And here it is. I won't waste any more of your time, but I will be back after the interview to wrap things up. So we hope you enjoy this edition of Frenemies. Okay, Tifosi, this week for our frenemy, we bring in a very special guest. His name is Rick Hoff, and he is the author of Notes from Verona, uh, also wrote Rita's War, and is currently writing the history of wartime Verona, and he loves Verona football. So, uh, Rick, I appreciate you coming in today, and uh, welcome to Far From Vesuvius. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. and It's a pleasure to speak to you. Uh, you know, I love um, these kind of conversations with our friends over the pond, the, the enthusiasm and the passion that you bring to it, even though you're, you're so far away, is really refreshing, because sometimes here... In Italy, we can be a little bit cynical and a little bit jaded about the game. So, um, right. when we hear when we hear the the passion that comes from from you guys over there, it really gives us a bit of a, a lift sometimes when we're 
when we're having a moan about the state of Italian football or what we've got on our doorstep. So, yeah, great, great to speak to you, Raffaele. I appreciate that very much. Um, Rick, let's let's get into really fast how you became a Verona fan. I'm, I'm assuming you're in Verona now. Um, yeah. yeah, I am. So, yeah, yeah. basically um, I've been living in Verona for nearly 10 years now. Um, I'm originally Scottish, as you may be detect from the, the accent. Um, and I came across with my family 10 years ago. Um, by accident, really, we arrived in Verona. My wife was offered a job here. And we didn't really know much about Verona. We we, we had family connections in Tuscany and in, in the south, actually, in Caserta. Um, but we didn't really know much about Verona. But when the opportunity came, um, we kind of thought about it for 30 seconds, looked at a few guidebooks that had pictures of sun-drenched piazzas and Lake Garda and fine wine. And then um, when I arrived, the football was really a, a bonus, I suppose, an unexpected bonus, because to be honest, I didn't really know that much about Hellas Verona, um, far less even about Kievo. So um, I pretty soon threw myself into the, the whole football culture as well obviously I was a I was a massive football fan back home in Glasgow but um really embraced the football culture over here as well so who was your team out in Glasgow were you a Celtic or Rangers fan what, what was it what was your team or, 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 or neither um I have to say my my team is Glasgow Rangers um okay. um and that's again it's kind of by by default really I I grew up on the, the Protestant side of things over there, and that was uh, the default team really for us was Glasgow right. Rangers. Yeah. But I, right, right. Know, I, I, there are people in Glasgow who are what we call blue-blooded, blue-noses. Uh, I'm not really one of them. I was, I, was mm-hmm. I, I never had a season ticket or anything like that. Um, you know, so it was really over here where I really got into um, – going to matches regularly, having a season ticket and and really kind of throwing myself into it. That's awesome. So so becoming a Hellas Verona fan was uh, something that sort of chose you, I'm assuming, because, you know, now you're in Verona and you've got this football, you know, two teams, uh, I guess now one since Kievo has gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. but Kievo was never really a, 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 you know, a staple in Verona, uh, no. you know, pr- Prior to recently, anyway. I make a confession, which is when, when we moved over here in 2011, Hellas Verona were at that time in, in Serie B, mm-hmm. just on their way back up after a decade or so in the football in wilderness, really. Um, yeah. And Kievo at that point were the team in Serie A. So we initially thought we'd just be here for a year or two. So when we arrived, I thought, well, I'm going to go along and see the local team that's playing in Serie A. And that... Mm-hmm. So first game of the season, I, I turned up at the stadium, uh, ready to see what it was all about. And I looked around and the place was deserted. There was no atmosphere. There was nobody in the bars. And I thought, have I, have I made a mistake? You know, have I got the wrong day or the wrong time? Or maybe we're playing away, but... I waited and waited and waited, and eventually a few fans began to trickle into the, the, the football area. Um, and I realized, no, I hadn't made a mistake. Cave, what I'm playing, there's just no fans. Um, wow. 
And I went into the stadium, watched the game, and it was it was pretty uninspiring stuff, I have to say. Um, and at that point, you know, I, I had friends in the city and they said, no, you listen, you need to go and see how Asperona play. They're playing in Serie A, but it's a completely different experience. And so I took their advice, went to see how Ash play in Serie A B, and it was just a completely different experience. You know, the bars were full, the whole area was bouncing, the game was full of drama. Um, Verona, Hellas at that point were, were on their way up again, so there was a bit of momentum behind them. Um, and, that, and as I say, that was about that was nearly 10 years ago, so I haven't really looked back since. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. Like I mentioned, the, the team in Verona, the story, you know, the history is is Hellas Verona, you know, and, and uh, the, the Scudetto that was won in 84, 85. Yeah. Um, you know, big time for the for the for the city. Um, such great players that came out of there. Uh, big rivalry with Napoli as well during the Maradona years. Yeah. Uh, fans yeah. fans are very uh, uh, passionate. The two passionate fan bases uh, yeah. clash all the time. There was a lot of uh, you know talking about how Napoli, you know, the north north versus south thing. You know, yeah, yeah. Ve- Verona fans rivalry, not really. Yeah. Cons- sure. Yeah, and then and then Napoli would. Re- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Maradona because um, his his first game in Serie A actually he played at the Bentigodi. Right. Um, right. Right. I, I was. I was there. That must have been in '84. So that was. Uh, was it? 84? Yeah, it would have been '84. That would have been in 1984. Yeah. Yeah. '84. Um, yeah. And, and so we um, we won that game actually. I think, yes. um, and Maradona, I mean, everyone was there, of course, everyone was there to see this Maradona play. Sure. Um, but it wasn't to be his season, and I think sometimes people forget that, 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 that first season, it wasn't handed to Maradona on a on a silver platter, um, no. and he didn't come instantly and, and turn things around for, um, for, for Napoli. But yeah, his first game was at the Bentigodi, his first game in Italy, um, and I, and yeah, he didn't. It didn't finish quite how he wanted it to finish. Um, but he got his revenge. I think later that later that year we got his revenge, and it was probably the next year. Actually, it was probably beginning of the next season when Hellas had been crowned champions. I think we get beat five 0 by um, by Napoli and Maradona scored right. a wonder actually from from inside the halfway line. Well right. worth, uh, worth looking up on it's- YouTube if. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. The listeners here are um, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, Dr. Henry Bell, uh, formerly known as Frank Sidekick on Twitter. You might know who he is, but he um, he's uh, he and I have done a Maradona series on this uh, platform, and we're we're up to the second Scudetto. So we've covered it and we, we, you know, we've covered it very, very much in detail. So we know exactly what you're talking about, but, but, you know, obviously with the two clubs uh, dwindling away in the eighties and in the nineties you know, we're back now here and um, let's talk about Verona today because of uh, Verona uh, come to the Maradona, uh, the former San Paolo this weekend. Um, you know, Rich. Uh, let me let me start by talking about Ivan Juric and what he's done for the club, 
in the last two seasons, uh, finishing in 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 uh, the 2020 season in ninth, and then last season in tenth. Um, you know, he he, you know, yeah. respectable respectable finishes for Verona side who is back and forth the city B and city. A. um, you know, he had the Carmine score an eight, uh, total. That was a, a Verona lead, uh, uh, you know, uh, league leading the Carmine for, for Verona and then Barak, um, seven last season. But, um, you know, <laughs> he, he's done that. And then now you have Di Francesco, uh, I'm sorry, you have Ivan Tudor, who Igor Tudor, excuse me. Now you have yeah. Igor Tudor, um, who has come in for Di Francesco yeah. uh, after Juric went to Torino. Uh, three matches in and out, Di Francesco, three losses. See you later. Uh, Tour has come in and four wins, three draws, and a loss in the last uh, eight. 21 goals, four. That's second best. In all of Europe, behind Bayern Munich in that time frame, and yeah. just a absolute turn it around. Like like they look like the Verona that under Juric, where the Francesco couldn't couldn't manage. And this is such an exciting, and we can't not talk about you know Giovanni Simeone. I mean, what an amazing player! What an amazing goal scorer! We knew that already. But talk to us about today's Verona. How do you like yeah. what you see? Yeah. You know, what, what's going on there? Like, what's the buzz about? You've basically captured the whole, the whole, the whole thing there. In fact, you've stolen most of my uh, statistics and uh, <laughs> data that I was hoping to use. <laughs> you know, with these twenty-one goals, best best goal-scoring record in Europe, and uh, fifteen points in eight games. Remember, amongst that, we beat Juve, we beat Lazio, and we beat Rome. Um, so something yes. is definitely going on. Something is definitely going on. And I mean, you, you described the the um, the last couple of seasons there as respectable, but I'll go you one better. They were they were more than respectable for us. They were outstanding results for um, Ivan Juric, um, who with basically zero budget and having to rebuild his team um, twice in two years when. All our, when our, a lot of our best players were sold off each summer, he's done an absolute miracle um, for Hellas Verona. As you say, we were historically over the last twenty years a yo-yo club. Um, yeah. So for, so for Juric to have come in with absolutely zero expectations and zero budget, done a remarkable job. Slight. Bad feeling about how he he kind of left things. We would have preferred to have given him a. You know, we would have preferred a different ending to that story. I think to be fair, but he's an ambitious guy and he's obviously doing good things as well at Torino, from what I can gather. So you know, we get nothing but respect and admiration for him and, and gratitude for what what he did here. Um, you mentioned Di Francesco as well. He came in and had three games. First three games of the season, we lost them. I, you know, I, I was in the stadium for, for those games. I was watching what was going on. And to be honest, we weren't that bad. Um, a lot of people didn't instantly like Di Francesco. I wasn't amongst them. I was willing to give him a chance. I would have personally given him given him a, 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 another couple of games. But there was obviously something mm-hmm. else going on there after three games, just to say, 
no thank you. So something else is obviously going on. Tudor came in, and again, he was somebody that is probably um, quite well known in, in football in circles, but not exactly a household name. But he's come in basically and picked up where Ivan Juric left off, and even and then some. And the, the, I mean, everything that Juric Hellas Verona has, we've got now. Plus, I would say the difference is Simeone, who's, who's scoring goals. Um, so you mentioned De Carmine and Barak, who've scored maybe seven or eight goals a season. What we were lacking, really, for the last two, three, four, ten seasons even, is a 15-goal-a-season goal scorer. Mm-hmm. A 10-goal-a-season mm-hmm. goal scorer would have done fine as well. But since um, Luca Toni, we've not really had anyone like that. We had Pazzini, who scored quite a lot of goals for us in Serie B, but didn't seem to find the net that often in Serie A. So all that's been missing, if Juric had somebody who could have scored 15 goals for him, you know, it's frightening to think how high up the table we could have finished. So if Tudor has got um, um, Simeone scoring, then we could be in business. You know, if he's going to score uh, 10 or 15 goals a season, then we could really be in business because the the style of play, the philosophy, the energy, um, everything else is there. And I've sat through some seasons where we've been woeful. So to see Verona come and play a really high tempo, simple things, retaining possession for two or three passes, that, that wasn't a given in seasons gone by. So, um, you know, if we, if we have found somebody now who's going to be able to to score goals for us, then, um, it's, you know, it's, it's all good. Yeah, and, and it looks like Simeone is well on his way to 10, 15. I mean, he could he could possibly hit 20 the way he's going. I mean, I know he just had a madness, madness game against Lazio and um, uh, the performance against Juve too, almost a hat trick, you know, one of the goals taken away. I mean, eight. So he's already up to eight goals now, which is what, uh, where my point was going with the Carmine and Barak being lead, being team team leaders in the last two seasons under Juric. Now you've got a goal scorer and you guys got him for, you know, I mean, nothing. Uh, It's a loan deal. That's right now with, uh, with Fiorentina. Um, and do you know, November. and it's only November. And do you, do you know uh, what the what the arrangement is with Fiorentina? Is this a straight loan? Are you guys looking to to pick him up afterwards? I mean, I'm looking at the transfers in and out. You know, and, and maybe I'll I'll ask you about that um, instead, um, and we can go into yeah. what the deal might be. But we're looking at um, eight point eight million. Uh, you sold Lo- Lovato to Atalanta, and then you bought Ivan Illich for eight point three from Man City, and he's also been another uh, wonder for for Verona, in my opinion. Um, yeah, um, yeah. The, just the, the rest of the moves being free, it's like it's like you guys have done such great business under this this DS named Tony D'Amico that is basically came out of nowhere. And yeah. I just going over it. I was just very impressed by the, the transfer situation. You had the Zaccagni rumors to Napoli, which we were very excited about here, but you know, ended up going to Lazio at the end of the de- the deadline. Um, 
Um, but but you've made up for it big time, big time. So yeah. how are you happy with you know how happy are you with the transfer situation? Yeah, I, I mean, when you look at where we are and how we're playing, you have to say then we're happy. But you also consider who we've released over the past two years, and you mentioned Lovato. We've, we've released Zakani. We've released. Um, Di Carmine has gone too. Yes, Silvestri, right? Um, um, we had um, what's his name from Inter as well. He's gone back to Inter. The fullback is. Oh there. yes. Yes. Uh, I I know who you're. Yeah, because we were looking at him too. Uh, left back, player. right? Left back. Yeah. Left back. Yeah, yeah. He, I know exactly who you're talking about. He was bro- he was brilliant for us as well. So. I mean, we've released so many of our um, top players over the last couple of seasons um, that where would we be if we still had these players with us? You know, we've released so many. So sometimes we're a bit frustrated that we we are repeatedly um, releasing these players and wondering who's going to come in and and replace them. And it it seems almost every season... um, you know, somehow we're able to uncover these hidden gems or when players come to Verona, guys who were maybe struggling elsewhere or weren't quite delivering, they've, they've come to Verona and for whatever reason, whether it's the man management, the motivation, the, I don't know, they've just seemed to have really settled in and be playing in, in the best form of their, their lives. And you, I mean, Simeone's a, a good example of that. You get Faraone, um, Barak, you know, players who... Who elsewhere weren't really um, achieving much have come here and have really, really taken the opportunity. I think just to to push on to the the next level. Um, but, I mean, we would obviously right. love that a president spent more money, kept some of these players. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, for a club like Verona, if a big cash offer comes in for Zakani or for for whoever it is, then we're, you know we're going to have to to release them. Rachmani is another one, another right. good example. We've gone to, to Napoli. And, I mean, for us, it's frustrating because we see these players who who are doing brilliantly for us and then they move on to become squad players, basically, in, um, in other big, big, bigger teams. But I guess that's... Right, and of, um, I, it is the nature of it. Yeah, and and I was going to bring that up as well. Um, the player we're talking about is Federico Di Marco, who went, who went yeah. to Inter. On the yeah. left back, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Ramani to Napoli, uh, you yeah. know, Kumbula to Roma. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, you also had Amrabat. No, was it Amrabat with you yeah. or was that Fiorentina, yeah. right? If you, yeah, would go over to Fiorentina. No, yeah, the season he played in Verona, he was unbelievable. Yeah, he absolutely. To, um, to settle in, I think, at, at Fiorentina. Um, but I mean, Fiorentina. I think everyone's struggling to, to fit in down there over the last couple of years, although that, that seems to be the situation seems to be improving. But yeah, it is frustrating when we have these fantastic players who who move on. But as I say, right. You you, you mentioned Ramani, so let's talk about him for a minute. You, he did start out as a squad player. Um, I think with with defenders like. Uh, uh, Koulibaly and Manolas, you know, uh, you, you, you come into a team and you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to sit on this bench, but yeah, uh, yeah. his, his debut performance against 
against Verona, as a matter of fact, he was okay. uh, the reason for one of the goals given up. Uh, we scored very early in that game, ended up losing 3-1, and a lot of Napoli fans last season gave it to him big time. Like, he wasn't good enough. He, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And all the while, I will sit here and defend myself because I said, give him a chance. It's his first, you know, his first appearance, his first start, give him a chance. And now we see Ramani who is basically taken over that center back position with, yeah. with Koulibaly. I understand yeah. Manolas being a little, you know, a little injured, a little out of shape, what have you, but I don't, I think now it's Ramani's position to lose. So, um, you know, we can at least, <laughs> you know, celebrate the fact that you know Verona has done a good job with with Ramani yeah. and and good business there so um he's getting good playing time but um so for the match against us uh this weekend it's at the Maradona we are unbeaten we're tied for first with Milan you guys have absolutely shown up against big teams this season like you know we mentioned the Roma win the the only match you lost was to Inter but that was under Di Francesco the Lazio destroying of Lazio the Juventus uh, I mean I'll tell you what after last year I mean it's a lot of a lot of Napoli fans will tell you it's hard to cheer for Verona as a Napoli fan, but I'm not one of those. I was very much happy to see Verona beating these big teams. And and I don't care too much about what happened last season against Verona. I'm not, I'm not, you know, last match of the season, we needed a win. We can't get a win. And it's not Verona's fault. It's our fault that we didn't win. Yeah. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not bitter to Verona, but a lot of Napoli fans are, this is going to be a big one. It's a chance for Napoli to redeem themselves but it's also a chance for Verona to show what they can do against big teams like they have been. How do you see this one unfolding? And then uh, we'll get we'll get your final thoughts for, for that. Okay. Well, I mean, it's obviously going to be a, a tough game for Hellas to go down there and, and take something. So um, a, a draw would be a fantastic result, I think, especially in the form that... Um, that Napoli are in um, in Europe, in the Europa League, and in Serie A. You know, Spalletti's got them well organised, playing with personality. Uh, they don't concede many goals. I don't think either Napoli. Um, three, just three. Also, yeah, in eleven. In the last eight games, so I mean, is it going to be a high-scoring game? I wouldn't have thought so, unless maybe. Um, Simeone gets another hat trick, but uh, <laughs> listen, if it's if it's a if it's a four three win for Napoli, I'll take a Simeone hat trick. At this point, I'm I love watching him play. I I always thought that the, the very highly of him before even he went to Verona, and to see him scoring is great. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but but I mean, I'm I'm in the position right now where like we Napoli fans really want to keep that you know good defensive record and if you know we get scored on a few times by Simeone it's what can you do it's Giovanni Simeone he's on fire right now you know uh, he's in form so um I'm looking much very very much forward to it Napoli need to win because we have Milan play Inter uh in the late match on Sunday which yeah. is very, very big for us. So we need to win this one. Uh, we it's don't know if Osimhen will be back. What's that? 
it's going to be a fantastic Sunday evening for us over here. We've got the absolutely six o'clock uh, Napoli Verona, and then the the Milan derby, obviously later that evening. So yeah, it's going to be a fantastic um, evening for us. Uh, what's that for you guys? Mid afternoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we uh, we 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 have the TVs on in the barbershop. shop. We watch them, and then we close. We close two p.m. here. So we'll be closing as Napoli will be wrapping up and then we stay. My cousin and I end up always buy some food and stay and watch the uh, the evening match no matter what it is. So this will be a very fun Sunday. <laughs> but uh, Richard, uh, uh, last lastly, and then I'll let you go. Like to know how you see Verona ending the season. I know it's November. It's still very early. But where are your realistic expectations for Verona this season? Okay. Well, um, I mean, living in Verona, everyone around Verona the, and the club itself, the, the objective is always salvation. So anything above the relegation zone is considered uh, a good season. For me, that really is a lack of uh, ambition and optimism. So I'm I'm looking much further up the table. I would be hoping this yeah. season we can finish at least in the top ten. If we match, if we finish in the top ten for three seasons in a row, match what Juric has achieved, that will be an incredible season. That will take us back to the glory days of the 1980s. Um, yes. If Simeone keeps scoring goals, then there's no reason why we shouldn't be even looking higher, seventh or eighth. We have we have to be realistic as well. You know, there's some fantastic teams in Serie A. It's really open this season. It's great that um, it's great to see Juve struggling a wee bit, but equally good to see the two Milan teams um, up there. Brilliant, I have to say, and not everybody in Verona will um, share this opinion, but it's fantastic to see Napoli at the at the top of the table as well. You know, I. It's different. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm absolutely there with Napoli. And again, few, few, uh, few in Verona will share that opinion. But for me, I'm, <laughs> uh, I would much rather see Napoli at the top than, than Juve at the top. No doubt about that. Um, I think the whole nation of Italy and and a lot of anti-Juventus fans feel the same way. Yeah. You know, uh, no matter who it is, it's, as it's long as it's not Juve. It's a lovely personality and... I, you know, I think they deserve something, but I, I think it's going to be tough. You know, I, I think the winter period, UV are going to begin to put some yeah. results together. I think. Yeah, Milan, for sure. going to, The land sides are going to finish strong. So Napoli really just have to hold it together, but uh, not too much this Sunday. Maybe after Sunday they can put together a title <laughs> chasing uh, run of form. Well, I, I'd like to wish your Verona good luck against my Napoli. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to enjoy watching the matches. You will. Um, you. It's been a pleasure pleasure talking to you too, Richard. I appreciate it. Uh, let, why don't you let everybody know how to find you on social media and um, maybe just a word or two about what you've been doing lately. Um, okay, well, social media – Best place to find me is Twitter. Shouldn't be that difficult if you look for notes from Verona or Rick Hoff. Um, I think it's Rick underscore Hoff, which is H O U G H. Um, and I'm mainly talking about football, but not only football, some history, some politics, some food, some wine. Um, so yeah, feel free to 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 give me a follow there. Um, 
Um, and what have I been up to lately? I've, I've just started a new job actually in, in the wine sector. So I've been um, throwing myself into as much wine, reading about wine, talking about <laughs> wine, going to wine fairs, wine conferences. So it's a tough life, as I'm sure you can imagine, but um, a rewarding one. Very, very interesting too. Very interesting. I, I skimmed over your Twitter account um, a little bit before our interview here, and and I really like what I see. Uh, awesome. Um, I I had a book as a child, and it was called a, a um, I think it was a season a season with Verona. Is that is that yeah. something that's familiar to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I rem I remember reading it as a kid, but the 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 um contents escape me so i'm looking to get that again and then i'm also interested in looking into your book um uh, amazon it's available on amazon yeah, so everybody amazon. check it out notes from verona notes from verona yeah i would highly recommend a season with verona as well it's, it's probably one of the best um books about football ever written yeah. it followed yeah Hellas verona during a, a single season and the writer Tim Parks, he goes to every single match, home and away, which you know, this was a Verona that was struggling, so it's a real roller coaster, but superbly well written, real cult classic. Um, and for any football fan, it's a, it's a fantastic read. Well, thanks again for your time, Rick. Um, enjoy the match. Hopefully, we get to talk to you again soon. Um, and take care, my friend. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao. Buona notte. Buona notte. from notes from verona check him out on twitter check out his book please um very very cool interview with him as we get ready for the match this weekend with verona so uh let's get into talking about that a little bit as a matter of fact because we're looking at six fresh napoli players coming back into the squad that did not play against Legia or maybe even missed out against Salernitana. Um, the probable lineup as it stands right now is Ospina, Di Lorenzo, Ramani, Juan Jesus, and Mayuri. Don't forget, Koulibaly will be out from a red card. Um, in the midfield, Fabian Anguissa, Politano, Zielinski, Insigne, and Osimhen. So we have Osimhen back from injury. Uh, Insigne, after taking a little break, you know, he took a week off, uh, did not play against Salernitana, did not play in the Europa League, and they're going to come back fresh, uh, nice and relaxed, um, ready to go. Uh, they'll both be sent off to international duty afterwards, but at least they're 100% at this point in time. Um, we saw Juan Jesus play against Legia Warsaw 
and do a really good job. Um, you know, he's really come along in the last couple of matches that he's played in. So hopefully, hopefully, they can contain um, the red-hot uh, Giovanni Simeone, who scored all six of the, actually six of their last seven goals. They did get a 1-1 draw with Udinese in the middle of that Lazio and Juventus win. You know, the team is destined to give up another goal at some point. It's only been three in the last 11, in our first 11 matches, uh, which is... Not quite a record, but very, very close. As a matter of fact, Napoli have the third best defense in history after match 11 in Serie A. Um, uh, third only to Roma from 13-14 with, uh, with two given up after 11 matches. And Cagliari from this 1966-67 season as they only gave up one. Roma finishing in second place that season of 13-14 and Cagliari actually finishing in sixth that season with only 17 goals against uh, all year, which is actually pretty incredible. 18-team uh, season that that year. Uh, Roma gave up uh, 25 in that in their season in 2013-14. So Napoli are third in history when it comes to uh, goals against after 11 matches. They actually hold a tie, uh, f- a four-way tie with Torino from 1976-77. Uh, who finished second that season, gave up 14 goals. Inter from 72-73, who gave up 22 and finished second in that year. And Bologna in 1935-36 with a 16-team league. Actually, that's the only team out of this bunch that ended up winning a Scudetto, gave up 26 goals at the end of the season. So that's pretty impressive. Um not quite the best <laughs> outlook when it comes to how those teams ended up in their respective seasons. But, I mean, you know, uh, obviously Napoli uh, are very tight defensively. And it'll they'll be mi- Koulibaly will be missed, definitely, for sure. So hopefully we can uh, contain Verona. I think we can do it, honestly. Um, you know, and then let's not forget we have the Milan Derby after, right after that, as we spoke about with Rick. It's going to be a very interesting weekend here. Uh, that's it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll talk to you. We'll, we'll, we'll get back with you with a post match against Verona. Uh, that'll be after the Milan Derby on the Raff and Raff rant. And then on Monday with another Raff and Raff rant. And then I'll be searching for more frenemies. And uh, I just want to also send a special shout out. Thank you very, very much again to the Far From Vesuvius crew who covered for me in the past week. Um, you know, to get some content out there. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah. Hit us back here pretty soon with more more uh, insight, more frenemies. Uh, Please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, uh, share, tell your friends, tell your fratelli, (laughs) tell your (laughs) nonno. But uh, most of all, uh, join us again here soon. 
as we continue this incredible journey through the 21-22 season of Napoli. Grazie tanti, grazie a tutti, and ciao for now. Forza Napoli sempre.